This is the Amner Martinez Podcast. Welcome to the Amner Martinez Podcast. My name is Amner Martinez, and I will be your host. I am an immigrant from the country of Guatemala, and I've been living in Iowa since 1995. My professional background is in the staffing and recruiting industry, and I have been heavily involved in the local entertainment scene for the last 12 years. In this podcast, I will be sharing conversations with local people in entertainment, business, sports, nonprofits, food, arts, and culture. So stick around for some great conversations. Go. All right. Episode 24. So the cock has just happened, man. It's wild, mm-hmm. wild Even, turnout. Yeah. And so uh, we know one because it just happened. Yes. And it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, unexpected, but expected. Yeah. <laughs> So we're just recording this the day before the caucus, so we have no idea who who won. Yeah. We're just pretending. So let's just keep pretending. So if you're listening to this right now, somebody won. Yes. And it's crazy. (laughs) It is crazy. (laughs) Unexpected, but expected. But it's crazy. And now it's New Hampshire. Now everybody will leave Iowa alone for a while, at least for a little bit, right? I don't know. At least for a little bit, so... And then the Super Bowl too. Super Bowl. That was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. (laughs) Nobody expected. That was like, and it was like uh, unexpected but expected. Yeah. Yeah. So wild game. Wild. Crazy game. Just crazy shit happening. So (laughs) the Super Bowl hasn't (laughs) happened yet either. Yeah. So (laughs) we're we obviously pre-record stuff. So. Um, the, the flex capacitor. So we'll just working. keep it keep it like that. Wow, that Super Bowl, <laughs> the <laughs> halftime show. Crazy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we know it's Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Great performance. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> also, I'm not sure if it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy and unexpected. <laughs> and but expected. Yeah. 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 So. Um. All right. So, episode twenty four. I spoke with Isaiah Knox, the executive director of Urban Dreams. And actually, it's I mentioned it on the podcast, but I, I met Isaiah like 2009-ish mm-hmm. um, through different circumstances. But my nephew got in trouble, and he was part of this circle of trust, I guess they would call. Um part of his probation was to do that and Isaiah was there so I've seen Isaiah kind of through the years I've seen him get involved more and more and um uh he's a great guy he's become a leader of uh in his community and he ended up you know landed in this job that I think it fits him perfectly so um but Urban Trees is, is an organization here in town it's like five blocks from where I live um, and yeah, we just talked about um, struggles of inner cities and, and a lot of misperceptions and stereotypes that that uh, not only his organization, but, you know, the uh, African-American community, um, you know, face. So just, you know, one that's quickly cleared is that, um, you know, Urban Dreams, it's in the middle of a... a um, 
Sixth Avenue. It's an inner city kind of, uh, but I thought it was an African, you know, mostly African American. But forty one percent, or I think some forty some percent, of the people they serve are white. And then it's like thirty some. Anyways, he gives it to sixty, but the statistics. But <coughs> we talked a lot about a lot a lot about that stuff. But struggles of what's the main issues that are happening in inner cities. I dig it, man. And I like the uh, what they do with the. Uh with the presidential, you know, people yeah. come, people come out there. Yes, and, uh, I was there for the Yang thing. For um, the Yang thing. Yeah, yeah, they they make it accessible for, mm. you know, they'll go to small towns. Mm. You know, presidents they mm. they want to go and they do town halls mm. with, but um, yeah, I mean Isaiah doing a great job with Urban Dreams. He took over from another, the other director that had it since 1985. Wow. So mm. um. He's the only, uh, the second person that's running this um, organization that they have, I think, eight different offices in around Iowa. So, so yeah, they're doing great work. And I, uh, I've always wanted to sit down with Isaiah. We've worked together throughout the last few years. Like, I find people jobs, so mm -hmm. I would go over there and talk to him. So, so yeah, hopefully we'll um, keep working together and. This is an excellent um, conversation. People need to hear stuff like this, you know, the struggles that other people have and uh, try to break down those barriers. Because I think that's part of the problem is that, you know, one of the things that these guys said, because I'll talk to um, the next episode is Negus, um, and he also works for Urban Dreams. Um, but one of the one of the two things, uh, one thing that, that, that stuck with me that they both said is that um if your first impression of an African American in 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 your life is that it's in the um, textbooks and it's about being property or being slaves, you're almost immediately kind of are introduced to an African American as been you know beneath you or oh, lower than okay, you. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so they're trying to break that barrier. So uh -huh. when I talk to the other the other guy Nagus. I was like, tell him, like, I wanted to talk about the African-American experience, uh -huh. but he's like, people think that that's where it started, you know, like, so he's a historian. So we go way back into like Egypt mm -hmm. times and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it's very interesting, um, their point of view. So this month, um, hopefully I'll keep talking. So they're like, to there's so many other things that, 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 that you could be taught in schools, like, uh. Yeah. You know, like inventions. Like yes. I know, I know like, uh, there's a lot of African-Americans that invented like yeah. shit that we live with today you know and th that you know without their contribution yes uh we wouldn't have like i think the refrigerator yep i don't know i i i, I don't know man i'm not very but but, but there's that's so many that's things it. there's so many things like um or like rock and roll mm, yeah like oh it makes me so mad that people don't know like oh you think that <laughs> you think that they were gonna come up with rock and roll without black people yeah, yeah right dude yeah. never happened yeah. Uh, or like uh, jazz. Yeah, yeah. You think it's going to happen? No, man. Like their contributions are enormous to the world and culture. Yeah. Uh, totally, man. Like the yeah. reason why like everyone else in the world is wearing jeans is because of America. Yeah. Because of our cultural influence. Yeah. And because, you know, that wouldn't happen without, without African-Americans. Yeah. So. No. Th and hopefully this month, you know, we're getting a lot more people that want to come talk to us. And just kind of give us a perspective because I'm an immigrant, I'm Latino, so I'm inevitable. I cannot speak for mm -hmm. anyone else's point of view, you know. So, um, 
this whole month is um is it black history month yeah this whole month is yeah. black history month so we'll take advantage of that and celebrate and celebrate and try to look at um and and listen to because even myself and you'll hear on the podcast i had assumptions of his organization and i know isaiah you know and then so so just by sitting down and, and listening and having a conversation there's some barriers that c you could break down mm -hmm. yourself and i think it's important so these guys are doing amazing work so check it out um go to their website this is so i get a lot of people well not a lot of people i've had some people that are like i want to volunteer but i don't know how i want to contribute but i don't know how like Urban Dreams is another place that you could go and start exploring on how you can contribute to a good cause. Um, so I want to thank Isaiah for making time for me. The caucus was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> the winner is like yeah. on its, so on its we'll, way. I mean, we'll talk about more of that in the outro. In the outro. But um, all right. So uh, thank you, Isaiah Knox. Check out Urban Dreams on all social media and their website. And um, episode... 24. It's on its way. This is a nice setup. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I started off with these microphones, and then my friend was like, no, you got to get better ones. And then little by little, he's been helping me. Kenji is, I don't know if you know Kenji. He actually is, um, uh, he likes Andrew Yang. Does so, he? Yeah, yeah, he's um, knocking on doors. Does he? He's the last person you would think, because he's very cynical, uh. very like, F this, F that, you know, like there's no, um, but yeah, he's like, it's what I'm doing, man. Is he I'm moderate or independent or Republican uh, in the past? No, 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 I don't know. He's just, uh, he thinks that Bernie scares people off yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's, that's, you know, that's true. Um, and, um, he doesn't like identity politics. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Right now, to me, is like anybody. Uh, and then I think the party just needs to get behind that candidate, you know. That's what we hope, right? Or that's what at least, you know, Democrats hope. Right. I, I consider myself, which most people don't know, an independent. Okay. Um, and, you know, the funny thing about it is my staff, uh, they're all Republicans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. like, you know, but, but, and we open the doors to, everyone so mm -hmm. we'll have our first republican candidate actually walsh will be here on friday okay um and we're running out of time um and we expect that the president will have a surrogate come after that we find out after the primary okay when they find out who uh they'll be running against okay um so that's pretty exciting but um what i was saying is a lot of people that i know that are republicans or independent uh -huh. really like andrew yeah right like they mm -hmm. they can they can dig it right yeah uh for some reason, because he's not very controversial, except yeah. for the one thousand dollars, right? But <laughs> if you can understand how it works, then it yeah. makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. And one of my board chairs from Alaska, mm -hmm. and they do it in Alaska with the oil money. So everybody in Alaska gets a dividend and uh, reservations. Mm -hmm. Native Americans they get it, you know, they get it. Yeah, it works for them. Yeah. So, um, if, if you get it, if you understand it, then it works, and you're like, oh, you know, like yeah, get my thousand bucks. Yeah. And if you understand that. If you already get benefits that are greater than a thousand dollars, you don't get both. You like you don't double dip, so it takes out a lot of the population already that's getting these benefits. And that's um right now that you say that your staff is um, 
uh, majority Republican. Mm-hmm. Or very conservative, let's say okay. that at least. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so is that a misconception of like African-Americans that, that they're automatically Democrats? Is that, is that? Man, we got so many misperceptions out right? there, right? <laughs> uh, it's like when the New York Times called me when those police officers got shot a couple years ago in Urbandale. Uh-huh. You know, the New York Times is blowing my, literally like, they called and called and mm-hmm. it was it's hours earlier there and it happened at night. So mm-hmm. it's like three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning here and my email's going and it's yeah. like text messages and my phone's ringing. And I'm finally like, get up and see this New York number and I call it back and the guy just goes into the interview really mm-hmm. about how could this happen in Des Moines and, you know, asking me all these questions and sees the work that Urban Dreams is doing and, mm-hmm. com- and, and working on community police relations and having, you know, these community events that are trying to connect everyone. And and he, he assumed that the guy was a black guy. Yeah. And I'm watching it. And actually, while I'm having the interview, the news shows who it is. And yeah. it's a white guy from like, Urbandale, right? He was like walking out of a football field or like outside of a football. Yeah, yeah, right outside football of football game or something. Uh, uh, well, that was a couple of days before that. Before that, okay, yeah, yes. when he got oh, mad about the the, the mm-hmm. kneeling or the non-standing oh. at the football. And my son goes to Urbandale. He was actually there and That's saw that crazy. that interaction happen. Yeah. So, but how close everything is because yeah. my son was at that game. Yeah. And um, that guy had actually came into uh, his grandmother's store. Yeah. And. They've, they so they knew him right about mm-hmm. around Urbandale. He's just a guy that lived in Urbandale. Yeah, a white guy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just for whatever reason, snapped. Right. Yeah. Mental illness is a serious issue, right? Yeah. And then when we talk about self medicating with drugs and alcohol and all those things, it just gets out of control. Yeah. And all of a sudden, people just snap. And uh, I mean, like the Eminem video with the the new one that just came out that has all the controversy about the oh, Las I Vegas shooter, it. right? Huh, oh, I've seen that it. one. Okay. Uh, but. And then they call me. So anyways, New York Times, they call sure. and they, mm-hmm. they want to do this interview and they're assuming that the guy's black. I tell him, though, that the guy's white. He's like, well, yeah. how do you know? I'm like, well, they just showed it on the news. So he pauses and looks it up and he's like, well, I think we're going to go a different route with this interview. <laughs> so if I need anything else, I'll call you back. Damn. Right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, that. so this is one thing during the interview that made me think about what you said about the mis- misperceptions in the black community mm-hmm. is that we're all the same. That we all don't vote the same. And the guy actually asked me at one point, he said, well, do you feel comfortable speaking on behalf of the black community in Des Moines? And I said, absolutely not. Yeah. And and he prefaced it with said, well, I don't want to sound like an asshole. And I said, well, you sound like an asshole. (laughs) Right? Like, you do, because (laughs) thinking that. Yes. And and, and too many people do think that. Mm -hmm. And that they say, uh, one of my Republican friends called me and he's like, does it offend you when they say, the black vote, yeah. Uh, you know, like it doesn't offend me, but I can see why it's offensive, right? Because all black people don't vote the same. It's right. not like we just have one ballot that right. we cast as a population, um, so it's offensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you deal with that a lot. I mean, you're on the forefront. So, Urban Dreams is an mm-hmm. organization that works towards the betterment of a community. Yeah. Um. But it's predominantly African American, or what's the what's oh. the demographic? Okay, yeah, see, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. already uh-huh. I'm already uh-huh. doing that. Okay, uh, go ahead, tell me. And, what. and a lot of people think that. So I tell people all the time when they say that, like I'll go and we have we we did over twelve thousand eight hundred visits uh-huh. during normal business hours in 2019. Okay, and we do self identification with race, and then we also 
identify internally. So there's a survey that we give people mm-hmm. and they can circle their own so they can do self-identify and it's an anonymous survey. Okay. Um, and then we just enter that data in. But we also, when people come in, we make an assumption, which yes. may or may not be right. Mm-hmm. But um, our numbers show that 49% of the people we serve are white, oh. 40% are black, yeah, 7% Latinx, uh-huh. 3% Asian, Wow. 1% okay. other. Right. So, and I tell people all the time, I said, the numbers, that seems, that's right, because we do serve a higher percentage of people of color and mm-hmm. black people than mm-hmm. most organizations because of where we are. Sure. However, if we only serve people of color or black people, we'd be out of business. Yeah. Because there's just not enough population sure. of people of color or black people in particular to have a business survive, right? We don't, we're not in New York, we're not in Houston, we're not in Chicago, we're not in these places where the, the segregation is so much, there's a huge population of just people of one race or yeah. ethnicity. Um, I know, I was having a conversation, I said, what if we had a Chinatown in Des Moines? People would be like, <laughs> crazy, right? But you go to Chicago, right? <laughs> or you yeah. go to Seattle, and like, but they're not ready for that here. No. <laughs> no. So you have to kind of, um, maybe, or do you, that's a question, do you, have to first clarify the organization before any business kind of takes every day and i think that's what we've done a good job over the last couple of years of doing mm-hmm. right okay. really um getting all those um all, all those perceptions of what we actually what people think we are and mm-hmm. and making giving people the reality of what we actually do mm-hmm. like people don't know like 45% of our revenue comes from the substance abuse department okay and we're statewide in eight cities Okay. Open in Davenport this year. Um, and we build just like any other hospital. Okay. And we get audited by the state just like every other hospital mm-hmm. um, with those programs. And then we have a mental health counselor mm-hmm. who we partner with Broadlawns um, on staff 30 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the, the, the revenue things just like people have insurance. They come, we build their insurance, we get reimbursed for the services that we provide. Mm-hmm. All the other stuff that we do, which is like gets the headlines and sure. it's the fun stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, the the nonprofit work, like the education and the workforce, um, opening those bank accounts for those kids a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, doing these presidential block parties, right. doing the other parties that we do, the outdoor events, uh, helping people get hired, helping people upskill, mm-hmm. all those things that the traditional nonprofits do don't really generate a lot of revenue mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. traditionally. Now they should, right? Because it's yeah. valuable work, but it's hard to get people to, to pay for that work. So what do you think, I mean... This might be, a, I mean, for me, because I have no idea. But so what's the toughest thing that inner cities are facing? I think my understanding is, is, is good. And I think my perspective on it is good as well because I live in the community right? Mm-hmm. too, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people just come in, they do their work, and they leave. Right. Um, I live here every single day. Yeah. Um, and I work here every single day. Mm-hmm. And I walk to work a lot. And I talk yeah. to people. And I go to North High School events. And I'm at North, you know, on a weekly basis. And, okay. I, um, I, and I, I've also been out in Valley. I coached at Valley, right? And sure, I worked out. I so remember. I, I, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I see all these uh, disproportionalities that occur. So that's one of the mm-hmm. biggest things, right? Mm-hmm. Is that people can't comprehend how vast it is the differences mm-hmm. in amenities the differences in opportunity right. so i think about this um when i'm out when i was coaching at valley when i drive to the stadium it's nice right yeah. 
right? Yeah. You know, a lot of kids playing too, right? Like mm-hmm. you got literally 112 kids out for the freshman football team, Crazy. right? We got coached at Valley. We were lucky to have 22. Yeah. We're lucky to have two teams of 11 to play against at, each other. In at North, you at mean? North, yeah, uh-huh. sorry, okay. at North. Um, lucky to have a, an offense and a defense to scrimmage against each other. Yeah. Um, and there were just massive amounts of kids. But also the thing was there was massive amounts of opportunity for those kids to have jobs because literally you drive right around the stadium and there's 50 restaurants. Yeah. Right. Uh, 25 C stores, uh, mm-hmm. an entire mall or mm-hmm. two. Yeah. Or these things where these young people can have their first job mm-hmm. at 14, 15, 16. Mm-hmm. And here, where are they going to work? Yeah. We got two C stores, uh, two small or grocery stores, not even big ones like the super high V's, right? Sure. We have the small high V and then the small fairway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of adults are taking those jobs because they don't have access to better jobs yeah. outside of the community or in the community. Mm-hmm. So the kids don't even have opportunities to get those jobs because they're getting gobbled up by adults who right. are working second jobs or who are working their first job there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the biggest things, opportunity. Accessibility. Accessibility to opportunity mm-hmm. for the things that people in other areas take for granted. Yeah. Um, and then at people advocating for them. Because mm-hmm. too many times I walk into places and hear things like, oh, those kids wouldn't even be ready for the opportunity if it came because mm-hmm. they're from North or they're yeah. from Hoover or whatever, which is just not true. Right. So going out there and advocating for them and changing the narrative, and that's one of the biggest things as well. So the, percep- the, the perception of putting the blame on the community and not on the... What's the system and the structure? Right. Really, it is, right? Uh, So when Urban Dreams first started back in 1985, and Wayne tells this story all the time, it was the only organization that was willing to stay open past 5 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. in the community. So Mm -hmm. there was nothing available after 5 Mm o'clock. So that's when everybody shuts their lights off, you know, closes the doors, and then everything else happens. So Urban Dreams was there to be open from 6 to 9 every night. Okay. Those were the hours. And it was just information and referral, safe place where people could come use the phone. They could use it as a mailing address. They could get mail sent there. Um, oh. They'd get a cup of coffee, watch TV. That was really what it was designed to be. Okay. Um, and then we started to see what services people needed because of the information and referral and started to provide those services and eventually grew to provide all the services that we provide. Mm-hmm. Now, and it's changed over time. Uh, but there's, there's that just wasn't around. Mm-hmm. And it's still not really around, right? right. Like. No wonder that kids from our community want to go downtown because it's fun and shiny and new, right? And their lights mm-hmm. are on down there yeah. or they want to go out to the malls and, and they want to. Um, unfortunate, though, is that we, we, I have to be out there advocating for the ability for our kids to go to these places because mm-hmm. people often get frightened Yeah, when they see groups of kids of color mm-hmm. um, that they don't feel comfortable about or understand yeah. and think that they're up to no good for whatever reason because what yeah. they see on tv you know yeah. i don't blame them either it's not their fault right like right. it's both sides mm-hmm. like the kids have every right to be there because it's a public place mm-hmm. and people sometimes get frightened and we see it on the news all the time right somebody called the cops on a group of kids being down there yeah. doing nothing barbecuing yeah. in the park right like yeah 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 uh and 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 it's just it's sad but and it's hard work it is um, and you're kind of on the forefront on a daily basis, kind of trying to break this uh, misperception stereotypes that people are thinking. I was having a conversation with 
this uh, nonprofit organizer that he's like these communities um, have been neglected and they're being looked at from a lens of um, you know the that it's the community's fault it's the people that live in it um, from people that don't live in the community so they just kind of see it through a lens yeah. instead of looking at it through a different lens and saying what what's the good what, it, what this community has a lot of good to offer too and then let's kind of build those um build those up oh yeah so i i uh when i taught i always had to try to trick kids into learning mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like how can i make this fun how can i make them interest it, keep them interested but then still have it be productive mm-hmm. in the end and i got really successful at doing that right mm-hmm. and it was non-traditional ways of doing it but um the 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 results were incredible so i do the same thing with like trying to get community members to come see it firsthand Mm -hmm. because all the time i'll sit at tables and they just like literally once they feel comfortable enough with me they're like well be honest with you i don't understand Mm -hmm. right like i I do see it from this lens Mm -hmm. and i know it's probably not the whole story but that's all i know that's all i see and it's not their fault yeah it's just the way that this has been set up Mm -hmm. and you know, it's it. Once you start building that relationship, then you can start get, giving them more information and start feeding. And then you can get them to come to the office or the yeah. neighborhood for an event. Mm-hmm. And they're you know, where people they feel comfortable because they feel <laughs> uncomfortable, right? Like literally, it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I I had a a meeting this morning, and I pull up and I see him walking across the street, and mm-hmm. I could tell he was like walking across like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i've never been here before like i heard things <laughs> <laughs> and so i sat, I sat oh, in the car man. and uh watched him and i was like man that was funny i walked in and, he, and he's a good friend so we could laugh about it but yeah. i was like i was like were you nervous he's like well i just didn't know what to do i said like, yeah because you were nervous and you were like yeah not thinking because you're like what should, what do I, I go in this door is it over yeah, here like, yeah um but that's the thing we got to start getting people to yeah. To, to step foot in here and see it because seeing is believing. And when mm-hmm. you see it and you come here and you experience it, you do, you see a lot of good kids. Yeah. You go to North high school and true, if you're looking for a bad kid, if you're looking for that, that kid that you think you want to see that you'll, whatever stereotype yeah. you have in your mind, you'll see it. You're going to find it. You're going to find yeah. it. But you go to Valley, you go to Waukee, you'll see it as well. Same thing. Right? Yeah. But if you go there looking for the kid that has his backpack on, going to class on time, you know, you'll see that as well. Yeah. And you'll, you'll see what, and then, you know, you keep doing it and you keep going and more and more and we'll change it. it it's 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 a thing that, that has to change of like um, crime is synonymous with like people of color. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's not. It's just a human thing. Like right. being a criminal, it's 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 a human thing. It's not a race thing. It's not no. like you are this. I mean, in West Des Moines. Uh, you see people getting like murdered as well, you know, right, like, right. so that it's not, um, uh, but I, I mean, obviously a lot of people do have that where they associate like, you know, this crime is mm-hmm. already, that's right. why like, <laughs> I don't know if this happens to you, maybe you do, <laughs> but if you, um, see, see, see a crime happen, you're watching the local news and if like, in my case, if it's a Latino, you're like, oh. Demon, you yeah, know, yeah, there's yeah, a little yeah. bit of like uh, no because it only reinforces that thought, right? Right. Yes. Yes. And you're like, damn it! All that work we've done <laughs> to move all I, these people, I and we moved ten people, and now five people just slid right back. See, I, I told you know. we should. We 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 we, we knew it. We knew yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it that, sucks. That's that's tough work because, um, <clears throat> because you're, I think, it's you're kind of ch- trying to shatter that perception, that stereotypes, which is gonna take decades, I think. Right? It's it's we gotta we gotta do it for the end of time. Right? It's crazy. It's great. Um, but there's also, uh, uh, and maybe you can elaborate on this a little bit. I do a little bit of that with like the festival that we do and um people have approached me a little you know kind of like they approach you because they automatically think that you're the you're a spokesperson for the black community right african american american community so i they've they've approached me in that same um um, aspect with me for latino community and i've been in a couple meetings that i think i've turned them off because and I'm trying to kind of work on that, where it's like you give them so much truth and so much that it becomes a turnoff because somehow truth is not like that what they want to hear, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of you shoot yourself in the foot because then you don't build that bridge anymore because you gave them too much almost. So I guess is there a diplomatic way of tr- how do you navigate it, that? It's it's hard, right? There's a fine line between mm-hmm. um, being invited to the table and getting to stay at the table. Right? Mm-hmm. right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a fine line, and I mean, here's the thing. In most things in life, I realize that building a relationship on common ground is the best way to start. Mm-hmm. Then you get the opportunity to try to chip away at uncommon ground, mm-hmm. and like we have all common ground, right? But like you can figure out no matter what, there's yeah. some common ground that you can, you know, we live in the same neighborhood, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. We're both guys, right? Yeah. We both like sports, yeah. like other things, right? Like yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we'll figure out culturally where we have differences mm-hmm. and that and difference isn't always, is wrong. It's not wrong. That's what people get oftentimes too. Like, Oh, yeah. if you're different then it's wrong. It's yeah. not wrong. It's just different. Yeah. Um, and it, most of the time it's, it's, it's not their fault. Yeah. But, it is a fine line on how far you can go. And you'll know, like, right? Like, a lot of times. Like, Have you walked away from meetings that you're like, oh. Oh, there's been a lot of meetings I haven't been invited back to. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you're like, yeah. And, uh, but then you got to know. Sometimes, like, you have to know, like, I'm okay with, with dying in the ditch on this yes. one. And, and, and getting rid of it because this is too far. Yeah. Like, you, I can't allow you to go this far and not understand that what you're doing is mm-hmm. absolutely detrimental to people yeah and it's and it is either full-on racist yeah racism or really close to racism yeah um and i've i've now over the years of doing presentations and finding data and seeing these things and i can understand where like people can easily understand it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and where it's totally outside of their realm of even you know comprehension yeah and i just kind of stay away from that stuff because you know, if you're just confusing people, then they just become more confused, you know, <laughs> right? And that's what you don't want. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, cause, uh, and maybe I'm wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong. So you were uh, on NPR, right, like not too long yeah, ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, it was you were among, I think, three or four um, guests that they had, and they were talking about the um, – what were you guys talking about since you were there? Um, it was was it the one about Iowa being first in the in the, in the, in the nation? nation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the lack of diversity. Right, right, right. right. Uh-huh. Okay, so um, one caller that I love, like he called and he's like, um, <clears throat> he's like part of the. I don't remember. I'm gonna paraphrase, but yeah. he's like part of the problem is that 
it's uh, um, white folks talking about black folks problem. You know? Oh, yeah. And uh, um, w- was that a probably was that a situation that could have that, um, you know, like you said, you're invited to the table, but yeah. then uh, stay at the table is different where you have to speak up. But then how much do you say? Yeah. So it's like, it, again, it's a fine line. So there are a lot of white allies or advocates out there mm-hmm. right that yeah. are willing to speak up about the issues but they still don't fully grasp the issue right so we have the saying at, at my house my my mm-hmm. wife and i so if i come home and want to talk about something that i see as being racist right okay i don't i'm not asking for advice on it because she doesn't have any advice to give me because she's yeah. a white woman right yeah. like yeah nothing i just want to vent and talk about and i'm talking it through in my head i just want you to sit there and listen right yeah but the same thing when she comes and like as a woman feels like something's offensive i just sit there and listen i can't give you advice yeah no clue right so that is one thing that is uh almost where when we talk about white privilege Mm -hmm. right and white entitlement those Mm -hmm. are the things when that kind of what he was talking about right Mm -hmm. as a and i'm half white so right. I can, I, I mean, I literally have sat around Christmas with all white people and, uh-huh. and looked at it like, y'all don't even know like how entitled <laughs> and how much privilege y'all th- are yeah. talking about right now. And, yeah. you guys, and it's funny because they'll ask me all kinds of questions about mm-hmm. like that they think about all the time in mm-hmm. the world, but they feel comfortable enough asking me because I'm the only black person they know. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm, I'm their nephew or their, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, y- you know, so I'm like, man, y'all really think this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. And you guys have people of color in your family and i can imagine <laughs> that people that don't right yeah. like the stuff that they think yeah and matter of fact not only that they think but that they say when they're in rooms yeah um yeah so i just shake my head sometimes and i just answer the questions man i've been you know uh and try to help them to understand mm-hmm. and so it it's it's a it's a gray area that there's no exact like good answer is there well, i mean no, there is never it just is. keep on kind of having conversations oh this is what i wanted i, I, I had an idea earlier i thought earlier so sure. um and i got this from the tv show blackish which mm-hmm. is really like really good if you never watched it i watched one episode but all, all my friends are like that's a really good ep- like it's, it's a the really truth. good show yeah it is really like every episode is true race relations stuff okay like, authentic stuff like, okay I'm, I'm glad they don't really sugarcoat it like they keep it pretty real awesome um, but what one thing they said is like, and, and you, here's the thing, like if you go in it thinking like that it's their fault, mm-hmm. then you're never going to get anywhere because yeah. it's not their fault. It's the system's yeah. fault, right? It's yeah. the way that the textbooks are set up that the first time that people, if you live in a all white community, yeah. which there's a lot in Iowa, yes. the first time that you really learn about black people is you learn that they were property yeah. of whites come over in slavery and the way they depict it in the in the in the books is like literally like they just took like animals from africa put them in the bottom of a boat brought them over here and made them work for them so immediately your first thought of a person of color is already they're believing me yes yeah i'm their master still and 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 that's just the systemic stuff that people when they talk about systemic racism mm-hmm. and how that it works in school. And then you learn that oh, over years there were a couple important black people that helped to change that, but still haven't changed it enough because black people still commit a lot of crime, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. And uh, mm-hmm. it's not their fault. It's only their fault is if once they do know better yeah they continue to do bad 
right? right? That's yeah. when it's their fault. Yeah. That's when you can be like, man, you are, you know you're wrong. So would you say that the education system needs a, like, revamping? Oh, all the way. But oh. for many reasons, not just because of the cultural competency piece, because it's just antiquated, right? Like, it's Yeah, it's or, outdated it's, now. Right, yeah. right. Like, the stuff, like, I look at what my daughter in second grade is learning i'm like well technically why does she need to learn how to spell a word mm-hmm. right yeah. like if you can get close enough spell check is going to spell it for you yeah. why do you even need to learn to write yeah when you should you're going to type everything and you may even be past typing by the time she's in college yeah you know it's like you know voice Te- to voice stuff is so mm-hmm. great now i mean literally i mean you, this probably can transcribe all down into a document if yeah. you wanted to right yes right yeah, yeah like yeah. so that's kind of how it is like youtube you put a video and you just kind of click and then it'll put the the subtitle for you so right. you don't have to do all the work <laughs> right right and it's like yeah. why do you need to learn these high levels of math unless you're going into something that is so yeah math specific but they're still teaching you all these generalized skills that mm-hmm. aren't even required in the real world. Like I, sometimes when I write handwrite stuff, I almost forget how to do it because <laughs> I haven't written something in like sometimes True. months. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, besides my signature, you just write like basic notes, a time or something. Right. But there's no like letters or memos or anything no, like that. Yeah. No. So that not only the cultural competency piece needs to just be revamped, but just the way it all goes around. You know, mm-hmm. in general. And, yeah. you know, how many jobs do people still do the eight to five, right? Yeah. You know, there's some, but there's not a ton. Yeah. And, you know, it should be all year. Like my daughter goes to all year school. That's one of the okay. best things that they do. She's always, you know, every month she has class at some okay. point, which is more realistic to people's real life schedules yeah. than um, the farming community that school was built for when it was built so that people had summers off to work in the farm. Yeah. Okay. Very few people do that anymore. Right. Is that what it was for? Yeah. Summer? Yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah. So that's why you went to school in the, in the fall and oh. in the, in the winter and off in the summer. Uh, hmm. That was the original design. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are saying like what we learned in high school, in, in school up until let's say senior it's unmatched like with real life it doesn't match it doesn't match it doesn't match so so it should be a little bit gradual transition into something right into like real life instead of just be like okay i guess now i gotta pick a career right <laughs> and then you know try and see if i stick with it which that's tough already on its own trying to figure out at 19 20 right. 21 and see if you want to be an accountant Right. And like the percentage of people changing their careers, like they change it like three or four times before they even graduate because it's like, no, we, nobody knows what the fuck to do. Nobody knows what to do or what's yeah. even going to be relevant. And then higher education is not for everybody either. Right. So, but with the, with the, the education, like let's talk present now with mm-hmm. Betsy DeVos and having a, gutting a lot of, you know, the funds of public schools. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember Roosevelt, and not that I'm bashing Roosevelt, but I remember like five years ago, Roosevelt that like had a bit of a higher uh, reputation, I think. Mm-hmm. L- lately, it's, 
I mean, my daughter's in it now, so I'm getting a good taste of what they're at. I was like, I don't remember thinking of Roosevelt this way. Like, you know, very, you <laughs> yeah. know, um, there's, uh, uh, I think there's two teachers per class because there's too many. I think there are like 40 plus kids in one class or something. It's crazy. Um, so that is part of the problem, right? Yeah. Is well, they, th there's recent research out there that says the schools are more segregated now than they were back when segregation was around or right at the end of segregation when mm -hmm. it was, um, and that the funding for schools is obviously decreased in many areas, but increased in many other areas, right? right? Cause mm -hmm. it's based on property tax. So mm -hmm. higher value homes have higher property taxes and higher school districts and have more money. Mm -hmm. So they build these beautiful, amazing schools, right? Yeah. But it's, it's not so much that it's even access to like um, the college class, college courses in the schools. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I worked for the community college here, I worked for DMAC and I'd go around to um, different schools and schools in the suburbs, schools in rural areas, even all the way up to like Perry and stuff, you know, and mm -hmm. back to Des Moines schools. And they didn't offer as many college classes inside the school. Mm -hmm. What Des Moines does is they have the central campus. Mm -hmm. all, so if, if you're at central campus, you're fine. You're okay. getting that advanced education. You're getting that lower teacher ratio, mm -hmm. the higher uh, the teachers with the master's degrees in their fields and, and those things where mm -hmm. um, there's less of that in the public schools. And where in the public schools like Valley, they had a list of a lot. I can't remember the exact number, but like over 50 college yeah. credit classes that teachers were in the schools too that were eligible to teach those classes because they had the master's degrees to support the higher, the, the post-secondary education credit mm -hmm. where they, they just don't have that capacity in Des Moines public schools, unless you go to central. Yeah, it's, just... it's a chain. It, there's a, and I think this is maybe part of the perception is that people think that it's like, uh, pick up yourself from the, your bootstraps and like get it done. It's like, you know, it, it, they don't understand that there's this chain of events or chain of, I don't know what to call it, but it affects, right? It goes, mm -hmm. uh, and then it's, it becomes a cycle where it's like, how do you break out of that cycle? If, and I don't think people understand that. They don't No, And it's, so it's like, why don't, I mean, how long does it take? You know, I, I think it was an American history X. You've seen that movie yeah, uh. where, uh, the guy's kind of giving, uh, um, like a spill on, on, on supremacy and white supremacy or something. I don't remember, well, but this stuck in my mind where it's like, well, it's taken 400 years to get out of, you know, it's uh, slavery was 400 years ago. You know, how long does it take? And I think that a lot of, a lot of white people think that way, I think, but I don't think they understand the, 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 the system is not set up for people that, that are of color to kind of it's not like an upstairs, you know, you keep going up. It's like, it's a chain, but then it kind of comes back around. Right. Um, and that's the frustrating part, I guess. Oh, it is frustrating. So I, I always tell, I like to tell people this. Um, imagine, uh, tell me how uncomfortable you are when you're the only person of your race in a room. Mm -hmm. and like, oh, man, like, you know, like, right, you're scared, right? You go to, uh, you know, somewhere in a big city and all of a sudden you're like, in a high population or a high density of you know people of color place yeah. and you'll be like man you get uncomfortable right mm -hmm. imagine how hard it is then for the, a person of color 
to do the same thing, even though you feel totally comfortable there and safe and secure. And it might be, but it's, and it may be, and it probably is Mm -hmm. just like those places of color and communities um, of color are also, you know, could be the safest place around. Right. Yeah. Um, But uh, you just don't feel uncomfortable. So you got to be a really brave person, like Jackie Robinson, right? Like how brave did he have to be to go and be the only black person in major league baseball? Mm -hmm. And how was he treated all the time? And how hard, and I mean, I mean, could you imagine mm-hmm. what yeah. he had to go through? Yeah, it's crazy. Physically and mentally to, to stick through it, but knowing that because he was going to do it, other people could follow. So we still have that in so many different areas. Um, you know, imagine how scrutinized you are to be the first, you know, of something, mm-hmm. of a person of color. And how oftentimes they think that it was a social promotion thing or something or a token that you got it anyways, not mm-hmm. because of your merit or because of the hard work, but because you're a person of color, mm-hmm. not knowing it actually works in the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, it, people of color are just as scared of success and moving out of that. So when you're having that cycle of poverty that you're talking about, right? right. Imagine being the first person in your family to go to college mm-hmm. and no one can in your family that you love and care about that you get you know advice from can help you navigate this mm-hmm. system when you have a problem that is specific to, you know, your freshman year in the dorms mm-hmm. and they don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even, I can't even help you yeah. and how hard that has to be and how then easy it is to not do it because it's so overwhelming. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, how many things do, do people do because they're scared, not do because they're scared to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I bought a plane ticket or I bought a, a, a ticket to jump out of a plane and I just ate the money because I got too scared when it came down to it, right? I was like, <laughs> oh, no, really? Yeah, uh-huh. You're like, ah. Uh, I had already bought the ticket and everything. I was like, it was like the next day, I'm like, I'm not going. Our cancellation fee is, says that you can't return. You can't, like, yep. Okay, keep it. Keep it. Keep it. I don't even care. <laughs> I got it on a Groupon, so I only paid half at oh, least. But my God. I was like, there's just no way I'm doing it. And, uh, Damn, I yeah. you know I've always said like if I if I'm asked to jump out of a plane, I think I might have to just because I can't say that I didn't do it, but I don't know. I I am like terrified of heights, so I might yeah. be like, no, yeah. okay, I'm always <laughs> whatever, yeah. think whatever you want. <laughs> I took yeah, I was, I was, I was <laughs> exactly, and my wife has done it, so of course I got all kind of shit, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, so yeah, that's even worse. So let me, um. To change the conversation a little bit, so just slightly. Um, so I posted something on Facebook, and then uh, this other Latino um, was criticizing, um, but basically pointing out that is um, it's the Latinos' fault. Do you deal with some people that are in your community that are also leaders um, that use? the community as like yes it is the community's fault come and help us Um, because people like to hear that better than the truth that we're talking about it's like it's a systematic problem have you ever had a conversation with with anyone that that to the community as the problem um like okay for example like like a um, couple of shootings that have happened right um immediately people are like see you know, we told you, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, people that uh, that take—I don't know if they're taking advantage, but they're like, "Yep, yeah, it's it's a it's a problem that we have to fix." Yeah. 
How did, did am I I understanding my question? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you are. So here's a here's here's two things. I, there, there are two ways I try to live my life is I try not to I try not to place a lot of blame on people because I don't mm-hmm. know their story enough to know exactly like why are you like this. Yeah. I try to get to know them and try to understand like what has happened for you to form these kind of thoughts and ideas because okay. oftentimes it's not their right. So much of it is nurture. Mm-hmm. Right. And and not just you're, you're not a naturally racist, mm-hmm. you know, you're not a naturally a bigot. Right. It's nurture. You. Yeah. You le- these are learned behaviors. Yes. So what happened to for where did you grow up? Oh, you you know, like you're not. You, you, you just don't know people of color. Right. Like yeah. literally, you're not a racist. You just don't know. Them. You, the only thing you learned was on TV. So let's let me be the, the person that you've met now that helps change that stereotype. Yeah. Right. Like I, I'm OK with being that. Um, but here's the thing that, that what I think what you were asking bothers me the most about, um, people that, that have solutions, but can't execute them, can't Mm -hmm. help and don't help get it done. But I have all these like, oh, well the community should do this. Yeah. Well, but do you know what we're doing? Like, right. Like, or how long we've been trying to do this or Mm -hmm. how many times we've, you know, how much improvement we've made on the program from, Mm -hmm five years ago when we started it to today right mm-hmm. and um if it's not like not there's there's never going to be a magic bullet we can't just boom this is going to yeah. be what works we're it's gradually and and systematically moving in the direction that we're accomplishing the goals and and the goals for the people in the community and yeah somebody may have got shot and killed mm-hmm. but how many people didn't We'll never know because it didn't happen. Yeah, because of the programming and the, and the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, we I can't go by every time something bad happens, we failed. Yeah, because how many times did we succeed? We don't know because it didn't happen. You know, it, it didn't happen yesterday or an hour before. Like, right? So it's 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 hard, and it's hard then to get advice from the fringes. Mm-hmm. Or from, like you said, people that have never even stepped foot in the community and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden have all the answers. Well, I do this over here and so-and-so, and this has worked for us. Well, it's different here. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just different access or opportunities or something. You know, whatever it is, it's just different. Yeah. And I guess, um, so I've been hearing the tokenizing, like becoming a token for the past like 12 months. I've been different a uh, couple of forums and you know where people are like i don't want to be tokenized and and that's kind of the mentality that that um i kind of bring a little bit i'm like if i'm gonna jump on this project that you're putting on the table like what is your purpose you know and how you know what is the 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 um the the length of it and give me more than just like let's do this project and let's put it on a postcard and then you know we'll say that our organization does this right so that then you you imagine that you have to walk that line too it's like how do you represent a community um without making them feel tokenized Mm -hmm. um and i'm really like i really love what you guys do um because it's 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 attacking some of the root problems like you guys do the uh education with at the police academy or where was yeah, it yeah the iowa law enforcement academy yeah okay uh-huh. and, and what did you guys talk about every cadet right and it's uh-huh. funny because we go in there and uh 
the first time we were introduced, we were doing the race relations class. And I was like, no, hold on, like, like that's not what we're doing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First of all, uh, that just makes people defensive. Yeah. Right? Like, we're here just to have conversations about what we've seen, we have best practices to have positive experiences between police and the community that yeah. they serve. Yeah. Wherever community you serve, anywhere, these are best practices for the way that you should just treat everyone mm -hmm. dignity and respect interact with them learn to build relationships mm -hmm. um whatever that looks like yeah here's what we've done and here's the success we've had yeah um and here's some of the things that we've seen that we still haven't been successful on or how when people still say like what that for the police doing here oh they're just giving out candy just like yeah. you yeah like literally that's what they're doing they're not um why do you, why do you why and then ask why do you feel that way? Oh, because well, last time the police were here, you know, or yesterday they did this or that. You know, I'm just here to tell you stories, facts, mm -hmm. and figures um, about why. And you take it the way you want to take it, mm -hmm. but you know these things are true, and you have perceptions and and mm -hmm. and things that you think that you think are true mm -hmm. that may or may not be. Mm -hmm. So don't go into every situation thinking the same thing. Um, yeah. allow this information to bring down some of those perceptions that you have because they're not true. They're not true. Right. 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 Uh, they're not true for every single situation. There's mm -hmm. no, like I said, there's not any magic bullet that's going to fix everything, but there's mm -hmm. not every single situation that's the right. same. Right. 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 It's great because the, the, re, the, the evaluations we get back, they get them, we send them all to us anonymous and there's like a hundred people in each one of these classes. Okay. Um, these are future police officers. Future police officers from all uh, law enforcement from all over the state of Iowa, except for Des Moines and Cedar Rapids. Okay. Send all their cadets there. They have to go through this th the f within the first year of being hired onto the force. Mm -hmm. um, so it's sheriffs, police, uh, DOTs, all those things, right? Yeah. So any law enforcement um, uh, agency. And they actually asked overwhelmingly for more. So we went from an hour to two. Okay. Yeah. And um, that it was the best session of any session. Really? Overwhelmingly that they've had that they get there. Yeah. Because um, that's what we do. We don't go in there and, you know, we could go in there and say, these are all the terrible things that police do to people of color. Mm -hmm. Right? We could. Right. Yeah. But here's the things that we hear that people say or even things that we've experienced as a person of color. Mm-hmm by police or law enforcement mm -hmm. here are some of the statistics that show that these things happen mm -hmm. but here are some of the things that you can do to not become statistics on either side right yeah as an officer that did these things or um, community members that have had it happen to them you guys go to the some of the root problems you know mm -hmm. like the other one that i saw that was amazing it's an excellent idea is doing uh free headlight or oh, yeah. brake lights changes mm -hmm. uh, and stuff and blinkers or whatever to eliminate some some of those reasons why a cop would why you know you would get pulled over by the police. Yeah, that's that to me is um and brilliant idea because you know then police are like okay they're fine in their car and then they don't have another reason right to um to pull you over. Right. Again, we're we're, we're and, and I'm giving away the the secret sauce. We're tricking both. We're tricking both sides. <laughs> we're, tr we're, tr we're tricking both sides. The community yeah. to, to to not have an excuse yeah. to get pulled over and yeah. escalate the issue, and then not have the police pull somebody over and escalate the issue yeah. over something that's silly 
like a taillight being out. Yes. That somebody may can't maybe can't afford. Right. Yeah. And uh, or maybe it doesn't even know it's out. Right. If you mm -hmm. don't have a new newer car, it doesn't mm -hmm. tell you that it's out. Yeah. And you won't know until you get pulled over. And then you get pulled over, and you're like, damn. And you may not even be doing anything wrong, but now it's like 20 or 30 minutes that you got to deal with this. Yeah. And maybe you're late to something. Yeah. And now you're all pissed off because this you just had to deal with it yeah right? yeah and it's yeah. not a good situation so then you flip it to the police and then the police are flip it back yes and it escalates it's out just of, a bad combination it's a bad combination right so we just yeah. want to create things that who avoid negative interactions mm -hmm. increase positive interactions yeah. so people can build relationships yeah like, become part of the solution become, become part of the solution and that's what urban dreams is man we are totally solution based on everything yeah. right that's that that's one thing that we really like to be we're like yeah what are the solutions we can do right now within one year, mm -hmm. within five years, mm -hmm. and then move to forever. Yeah. Um, and that's what we try to do. It's like our, you know, we do, and we, we pivot fast too. We see a need, we have an idea, mm -hmm. and we go for it. Like we started the Wednesday morning mentoring breakfast for professionals to come mm -hmm. down, or, or even community members to eat breakfast with kids at North High School. Okay. Just go down there, eat breakfast. And it's been incredible. We so you guys do all kinds of work from mental illness to drug um uh yeah. education treatment. i guess yeah, treatment, treatment yeah. uh employment and um you know uh education like we were talking but another thing that you guys are doing tell me about this project that you guys are going to be doing some fundraising because i know that you s it was on the news a oh, few yeah. months ago but uh -huh. the political season kind of took over uh you know, you guys have been doing block parties with every, almost every single candidate, I think, right? You guys? Yeah, yeah. We've had, um, I mean, literally almost all of them. Mm -hmm. I think we'll end up having 15 between the Democrats and the Republicans block parties. And we partnered with Creative Visions and NAAC Des Moines Branch as well to do this. And we try to collaborate and partner with organizations in the community to make these events even more successful. With the NAA... Um, NAACP Des Moines okay. Branch and mm -hmm. Creative Visions for the block parties. You know, we, we partner with... Bra lawns. We partner okay. with DMAC. We partner with a bunch of restaurants. We partner with Des Moines Police. We partner with Des Moines School. You know, whoever wants to partner and collaborate sure. and be a good, yeah. true, authentic partner and and work towards solution based stuff, not yeah. just out there like you said ambushing. Yeah. Thing. I mean, we don't want we don't want that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and I don't want somebody to do it to me either. So why would I want to do it to somebody else, right? Yeah. I don't want to. I want to build bridges and relationships, not yeah. try to sever them. But do you guys? Or do you do you want to talk about that other project that you that you have, or is oh, that yeah, one yeah, still yeah, yeah. No, still? Um... No. So we're gonna. So, so again, the disparities, right? So you mm -hmm. drive around in West Des Moines, even drive around downtown now, and there's these beautiful parks, right? Yeah. Beautiful gathering spaces. Yeah. For people that live in those communities. Yeah. And now with the 10,000 plus apartments and condos and people that move downtown, they're renovating things downtown. Coles Commons, right? Yeah. The sculpture garden. So Urban Dreams is, we own land on 6th Avenue. Mm -hmm. We want to have a beautiful gathering space because we're really hosting these events and they're, you know, over 15,000 people came to our events last year. Wow. So we want to have a built environment that's beautiful, that is on par with anything that you see out in uh, yeah. the suburbs or downtown or in these, you know, higher income neighborhoods mm -hmm. here yeah. for our people to enjoy yeah. and feel like they don't have to go somewhere else to, yeah. to, to have beautiful things. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, we're building a beautiful courtyard. It's going to be the Urban Dreams Courtyard. It's got some already some pieces by Jordan Weber that uh, he's already created, he's a local artist. Okay. Uh, we're going to have a stage, so we can, we're can we going to have free Wi-Fi mm -hmm. um, technology needs so that people can, you know, 
come to our office, get a sandwich, get services. If they want to go out and do homework or fill out a job application, they can do it in the courtyard, eat their mm -hmm. sandwich, you know. Um, we can do all of our events there. You can do events there. Like, mm -hmm. literally, we can just, you know, it's going to be a community gathering space. Mm -hmm. um, we're thinking about uh, health fairs and job fairs and outdoor carnivals and festivals and mm -hmm. performances and food trucks and, you know, all so that stuff. It's just like coming. a chameleon of a, of a place where right. you can kind of do anything. Right. And how much money is that going to cost? <laughs> a lot, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, which is a, you got a, a fundraise. You, yeah, we're fundraising, yeah. yeah. And we're um, over three quarters of the way there, so we've okay. made a big dent already. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and we haven't even really went super public with it, so oh, we're yeah. just still having some preliminary meetings. And, okay. But we raised a little bit of money so far, so uh, it's pretty exciting to think it's going to come to fruition. And like, it's four hundred thousand dollar project. Okay. Which, like, our community, that's a lot. But some communities yeah. are like, oh, 400,000, you know, like, oh, man, that, that, that's, that's like, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when you have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's not much. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a big investment for. Uh, I thought you were going to be like in a couple million or. Oh, 400,000. 400,000? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. so if anybody wants to come with a solution yeah. or point out a problem alongside with a solution or pitch in, like, mm -hmm. just kind of go to Urban Dreams. Yeah, I mean, it says hit us up on, go to, I mean, DM us on any of our social media, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Google Urban Dreams in Des Moines. We have Instagram, we have Snapchat, we have uh, Facebook, and we have Twitter. So mm -hmm. all those things, hit us up on any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, call the office, 288 4742, 515 288 4742. Email me, Isaiah.Knox at Urban Dreams. Mm -hmm. um, all that stuff. I mean, we're open. And here's the thing even if you know there's an issue, Hit us up because we yeah. may know or have opportunity to have a solution. Yeah. Right? Because of, like, when people were complaining about candidates not coming, true, you as an individual probably couldn't call and get a presidential candidate to come. Yeah. But we could. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we did. Yeah. Um, and they, they came. We yeah. offered it. And so we, we don't, but be ready then when we have the solution. To yeah. participate yes now that's when we need you right yeah. we need you to participate and not yeah. like because it's not perfect and it's super hard mm -hmm. and we're you know we're a staff of four full-time people and we do you know like i said we had fifteen thousand plus that came to our events we did twelve thousand plus that come through our doors every day so it's like man we're cranking them out right yeah. we're doing we're serving people every day um so it's a lot of hard work and we know we're not perfect mm -hmm. at it but man we take people to come alongside us all the time yeah and let's roll let's yeah ride. you gotta be able to zig and zag though man i mean this moves fast sometimes i know right <laughs> yeah man no I, I commend you guys so i'm i'm i mean for a little backstory i mean i think i've known you for more than 10 years i think for sure more than 10 years yeah, um yeah. so i uh were you part of the city council at one point no no i'm on a i'm a commissioner for the okay. city des moines okay yeah I was the chair of the Des Moines Civil and Human Rights Commission and uh, oh, off yes. the chair now, but I'm still a commissioner. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. And you were a teacher too once? I taught. I taught at DMACC. Okay. Uh, I was going to go. I started my graduate degree as a teacher, did my practicum, mm -hmm. and uh, it just wasn't for me, man. Okay. I, teachers, man, they're blessed their heart because they have got a That's a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a job so as far as urban dreams are you the second director second executive director second. so wayne ford was there from 85 to 17 and uh i've been there now for three years is or, he the founder he's the founder oh yeah. wow 
so you're the yeah big shoes to fill <laughs> yeah for sure for sure uh yeah you know wayne man it, yeah big shoes to fill right? it, a lot it, of personality and it's uh i mean it fits you i love it right right i mean yeah. i really do love it yeah like I guess. I mean, if it, I get it, it. yeah. Because uh, I mean, I, I never thought I was gonna do this. It's just not like I set out to do this, but yeah, like, I love it. I love my staff. I love the community. Yeah, I love the work we do. Um, the board's great. Uh, the su- people that support us are great, mm-hmm. and more supporters. And you know, it's 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 just. I mean, I really. I mean, I'm lucky. Like, yeah. it doesn't feel like work. Right, 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 right. I'm willing to do it. Yeah. Um, and love it and grind it and. Uh, now here's the thing. I, I'm honest about. I don't want to do it forever. Right? <laughs> yeah. I know that. Um, but you want to leave it better than it was. And I want for you uh, when you got it. I want to leave it better than when I got it, and I want it to to be better after I'm gone. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so build a good foundation and be there for as long as I feel like I'm still relevant and doing the good work that needs mm-hmm. to be done. And um, when I'm not relevant. Or when it needs a new new leader, or you know, uh, new eyes, and I'll be yeah. willing to, to to go and move on and do something else. Yeah. Uh, what are you gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I didn't think I was gonna do this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I never. I didn't even. You know, I didn't even know this kind of stuff existed. To be honest yeah. with you, at the level that we're doing it, mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Yeah. And you just learn think you know you learn about stuff <laughs> i mean we we haven't been like close friends but you know we met in circumstances that you kind of played a uh you were in the middle of a circle of of uh, mentors for one mm-hmm. of my nephews and then i've kind of seen you then you were i saw that you coached at football at valley and then uh, somehow i've seen you throughout the years and that's why I mean when it's when I say that it kind of it, it feels natural that you that you're in this position right now. So, well, thank you. Uh, maybe you'll be a mayor someday or <laughs> or the governor. <laughs> and then I'll be like, I interview that guy. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, man. Thank I really you. appreciate it. I know you're super busy, so um, I'll be following you and supporting you guys because I live like a few blocks away. So yeah. I'll, I'll Anything be... you need from us anytime. Okay. Let me know. Sounds I know good. You, got Neg- you had Negus on, so other staff or other people. I okay. Mean, just let us know yeah. what you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. All right, man. Thank Next you very time. much. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. All right, Isaiah Knox. Um, so they're building this, like, really cool courtyard on the outside, as he said. Uh, it's going to cost them, like, oh, around $400,000. Um, so it's going to be like an outdoor courtyard where mm-hmm. there's going to be Wi-Fi so kids can hang out there and do uh-huh. their homework. Okay. And people can go and apply for jobs. And so Urban Dreams is this like hub for a lot of different um, resources for, for the community. So and the block parties, those, pol- you know, the presidential mm-hmm. block parties that, that Isaiah was talking about. Those are crazy, man, because just one candidate their schedule is so crazy like you they ask you all these questions before mm-hmm. you they come it's got to be to the exact mm-hmm. time and everything mm-hmm. so he did that or they did that times 15 mm-hmm. so that is respectable because i know you know scheduling stuff and getting people to come and just all that stuff logistically mm-hmm. speaking it yeah, has to be a nightmare yes, oh man yeah, nightmare yeah. man so and then the bigger the name 
the hard the more hardcore mm. it gets so like yeah. biden and and sanders and warren like their organizational you know so anyways i bet it was a bit of a crazy roller but coaster I'm, I'm i'm glad that they do man mm -hmm. because it makes it you know for us little people mm -hmm. you know accessible yeah um yeah that was awesome man and that's a that's a great thing that they got going over there yeah and so <coughs> the caucus were crazy caucuses crazy down in history as one of the crazy yeah, ones like one of the crazy ones but expected <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that's key like, the super bowl too like that's, yeah that was like crazy like unbelievable but kind of expected yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. Yeah, it was wild. Just when I thought it was going to win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was expected, like yeah. I said, like crazy, like nobody believed it, but then it then expected. So Yeah, I was expected, but unexpected yeah. at the same time. But another thing that we didn't get to talk to was that um the Kobe's death. Oh, how yeah. Did that, how did how did that uh how did What's your perspective on that? Um, actually, th when I first heard it, mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, I uh, that was just my read, like, "Oh shit!" A very mild "Oh shit," mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And then, like, uh, an hour, a couple hours passed, and and I started to feel the weight of it a little, mm -hmm. a little heavier, yeah. a little heavier. And then now that it's been like you know days since, uh, I'm I'm feeling I'm like it's so unbelievable, man. Yeah. Like I'm not honestly like I I'm not even like a like a big fan of basketball or yeah. anything. But I'm telling you, like when I used to work at uh, Blockbuster, mm -hmm. which by the way that was my favorite job ever. Blockbuster. Uh, yeah, I loved yeah. it, man. I love yeah. working there. Uh, I wish they would come back just so I could have a job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you would you would volunteer? <laughs> yeah, I would volunteer probably. I enjoyed it so much that yeah. that I that I would do it again in a heartbeat. Uh, but anyway, like I, I just remember like uh, those games, and this is I'm talking about like 2000. Mm -hmm. You know, I worked there in 2000, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I used to see like people come in and like just like fight over the games. You know, the NBA. You know, Kobe Bryant. You know, the Kobe Bryant games. Yeah. Okay. Um. So EA like sports. I, so yeah like mm -hmm. me being a person that's not really too big on sports like I've known who he is you know like mm -hmm. like what kind of like he's big deal yeah he's a big deal you know and and then you know like uh and like um the guy is like uh I mean he's part of pop culture man big yeah. time big time like there's no way you don't know about him and uh, very likable guy you know yeah. very very sweet man and. Yeah, I I think it's a really really horrible loss for yeah. for for the world. Just Which because, I mean, and he was super young. So and it's not like there hasn't been any superstars dying lately, right? Like mm -hmm. Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, mm -hmm. and then you know Tom Petty and mm -hmm. Prince, mm -hmm. and so there's been huge superstars dying. And you know, all of them kind of have like a you kind of can make sense of them, right? Mm -hmm. Some of them are like, well. You know, you're doing hardcore medicine. You're, you know, bound to probably have accidents and and be overdose or something. Or, um, but the, his was way different, right? Unexpected. The last person in the world that you could think, or the last the 
the way that it happened. Yeah, it's just not like he was just the person like never on my radar. Right. You know, never on my radar. Like he's uh, successful, charismatic. He's likable. Yeah. You know, very likable guy and and uh, young. Yeah. He had like his whole life still ahead. You know, his yeah. whole like he's he's like maybe a year older. He was a year older than me. Mm-hmm. So I think about it as like that's crazy. To, like you know, people. That's, I think for me, it started to be more real. I mean, I'm a father of a 15 year old, mm-hmm. and that just I was like, yeah. whoa, this is like you know, it's it's crazy. You can't you know. I still kind of you're scrolling and you're like, what? The, it it is yeah, real. You yeah. know, you look and at I, all the memorials, and I, and I think that's the reason why like. That my initial reaction was just oh shit, you mm-hmm. know that I was not I didn't I have I had a really hard time believing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think immediately oh it's a hoax nothing like that. Yeah. It's just you know that that uh, it took a minute because like man I would never expected this not this mm-hmm. you know um, uh, somebody that's really old and then yeah you're just like oh it happened very sad you know but. But this guy, no. I think there hasn't and, been many deaths like that. Like that is going to impact. Very, very, I think there's very, a shockwave very, that very happened bad. in the world that hopefully is for mm. good. Yeah. That that you're like, whoa. Uh-huh. You know, because um, it, it, there's no way it's only here in the United States. Mm. I mean, this guy was global. It's just, I mean, he spoke three and different he just languages. he looks like invi- invincible. Yeah. You know, like, like he, this guy can't die. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So hopefully... Um, I mean, I try to live life, you know, do whatever you want to do, go for it, you know, who cares? And this was like another reminder of like, man, can't waste our lives on doing things that don't make us happy, you know, even if it's crazy yeah. and wild, do it, you know, because. Yeah, it's one of those crazy life lessons. Yeah. Right, that always come back. Yeah. Those I can't think of another death that was this impactful in recent times. Uh, oh, yeah. That is like that is this, this monumental, you know, because there's some, so me, there's layers of tragedy mm-hmm. here, you know. There's parents with their kids, yeah. other parents with their kids. So there's like three thirteen-year-old mm-hmm. girls, you know, dads and moms, and and the horrible way that it happened. Is, um, I think hopefully it just kind of sticks with us and like. You know, and uh, there's people talking about his rape allegations that happened in the, I don't know, how long ago, 15 years ago or something. But I guess that's what they choose to talk about. If that's how they kind of choose to do it, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. And th- uh, I think those people just fucking want attention. You know, you just want attention and you want you want us to know that you are righteous. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I want to say, you know... Go fuck yourself, man. Like, <laughs> go fuck yourself with, with that bullshit, man. Yeah. Like, um, uh, first of all, like I don't recall him going to jail over this. Uh, did, did yeah, they said no. They settled it. Um, I think the the girl decided not to testify, and then they settled it out of court. Okay, so, so. like, why are you fucking calling him a rapist? You yeah. Know? Um, I'm not saying that, you know, he didn't do it. I'm, it's, I'm not defending him at all, you know, but, like, why bring it up, man? Like, why why, why do you have to be so insensitive that at a, at a time when when his family are in pain, you know, why do you have to be that dickhole that mm-hmm. uh, you just want to be, 
Yeah, man. I don't buy it, man. I, I hate fucking people doing this shit. They're like, so oh, righteous. Yeah, like, like uh, yeah, they just want attention. Yeah. They're just attention whores, and <laughs> that's all they are. So, um, you know, it, all, it, all, it almost hurts their own case. Just yeah. like their assholery. You know, their level of assholery yeah. like, just hurts their case. <laughs> like, it speaks more uh, about them uh, than, yeah, about than, than, than about, like, Kobe you know, the, the allegations. Yeah. yeah, the allegations of rape. Like, you are, like, more of an asshole right now. You know, his family just lost, yeah. you know, the, the, like, a parent. Yeah. Like, you, you're the dickhole here, you yeah. know? And it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Really, it, w- it really won't matter. Yeah. No matter what you say, like, how, like no matter what you find in evidence, yeah. really, it won't. It doesn't matter. It won't matter anymore. All right. Well, that's episode 24. Thank you again to uh, Isaiah Knox. And uh, thank you for listening. Share it. Post it. Let us know what you think. This is uh, this is the end. Doom, doom, doom. Beautiful friend. I'm going to uh, cut this out. Yeah, cut this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> cut this fucking bullshit off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, Thank edit you, everybody. This, edit this, this, this fucking shit out. Yeah, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one and talk to you soon. Peace.